time to cover all things Catholic in the heart of South and Central Texas. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network, get ready to rise and walk. Good afternoon to all of you tuning in right now to the Guadalupe Radio Network here in South and Central Texas. Thank you for joining us here today on Rise and Walk. Are you ready for another local and live show with all things Catholic? Woo! Way to go. Uh, Sean, what do we got on today's show today? Actually, Richard, on today's show, we're going to be joined by Father Ed Hoff. He's the parochial victor at St. Mary's in downtown San Antonio. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, also known to a lot of uh, Catholics as the Feast of Corpus Christi. Uh, actually, uh, you know, throughout uh, many parishes across the Archdiocese and, of course, the Universal Church, uh, they celebrated, of course, this magnificent solemnity with Eucharistic pr- processions and adoration. Uh, Father Ed's also going to be talking to us about the history and significance of the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, which many are contemplating and devoting themselves to. Uh, this month, and we uh, as a church are going to be celebrating this solemnity uh, this Friday uh, on the 11th um, under the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. And that's the day that we actually are manning our, uh, our call center for the share which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But yeah, wow, what a beautiful day it will be. Uh, but let's, let's get to praying, as we always do at the beginning of our show. So folks, if you'll join me again, this is the year of St. Joseph, and I love praying and asking for his intercession. So if you'd please join me in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in thee all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by that powerful intercession, and obtain for me all spiritual blessings through thy foster son, Jesus Christ our Lord, so that, having engaged here below thy heavenly power, I may offer thee my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O Saint Joseph, I never weary contemplating thee, and Jesus asleep in thine arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near thy heart. Press him in my name, and kiss his fine head for me, and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. Amen. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Anthony the Padua, pray Pray for for us. us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Pray, Pray for, for us. us. Amen. In with the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a few things to catch up uh, with you all on. Again, I mentioned the, the Sherathon. Uh, tomorrow through Friday, we'll be airing our Summer Sherathon. And this, the, the theme for this year's Summer Sherathon is Holy Catholic. Living Holy Catholic with radio for your soul. Whole as in W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy. All, all over everything you're doing. Uh, because we're a listener-funded uh, station, it's, it's because of your generosity that we, we can be here to bring you solid Catholic programming. These share of course, they do the heavy lifting and raising the funds that we need to keep us on the air, spreading the good news of Jesus and, of course, the truths of our Catholic faith across the airwaves of South and Central Texas, and of course, the whole entire Guadalupe radio network. So please pray for the success of, of the share and please prayerfully consider calling in to make a pledge of support this week. Again, that's tomorrow, starting Tuesday at 7 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., 12 hours a day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Those are long hours, Sean, and uh, we want to do our very best to make sure our listeners have the opportunity to keep our airways Catholic. Amen. Um, I got rested up this weekend. I'm sure you did too. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm ready for it. It's going to be a, a week full of blessings. So I, I'm excited about it. 
So that means uh, we're going to working a little extra this week, but next Monday we will be off. We always take a day off after the Sherathon because we put in so many hours uh, during the Sherathon. It's good to to relax a little bit. Um, so this is going to be. Oh, no, I won't get. I won't get to that part. I won't get there yet. But uh, tell us. Tell us a little bit more, Sean. Actually, uh, you know. So back on this this weekend, Saturday, of course, uh, the archdiocese was blessed to have welcomed eighteen men. Of course, uh, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit to the permanent diaconate. Uh, we want to congratulate uh, and, of course, thank all of you for answering the Lord's call. Um, I would actually uh, especially like to congratulate Deacon Paul uh, Cardenas of St. Helena Catholic Church. Um, I'm sure you already knew this, Richard, but my wife, Odulia, and I uh, are parishioners at uh, St. Helena. So uh, we pray, of course, that you know, for, for all of uh, the, the newly ordained deacons, that we pray that God abundantly bless you, your wives, of course, and of course your ministry as laborers in his vineyard. Amen. Uh, also, since the last time of our, of our show, Many of y'all uh, through Facebook or email have heard that as of June 1st, wow, I can't believe it's already going to be a week tomorrow, uh, the Guadalupe Radio Network here in South and Central Texas, y'all got a new general manager uh, for these five stations that make up uh, the South and Central Texas market. That general manager, of course, is Sean Rice. Again, I'm going to say it one more time. Sean Rice is the general manager <laughs> of these five beautiful stations. Uh, Sean, how do you feel about that? You know, I feel great, actually, about that, Richard. Um, you know, as a longtime listener, Longtime supporter, um, and of course, you know, on, on occasion, volunteer. It's just a, a real humbling and uh, experience for me. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to carry out and build upon the work uh, that you started through the GRN almost 14 years ago now. Wow. Yeah, 14 years ago, uh, of course, here in South and Central Texas. But look, for everybody listening in, not to worry. <laughs> <laughs> Richard isn't going anywhere. Uh, he's actually still going to be here in San Antonio in the same office, and I'm sure he's going to be keeping an eye over me. Um, Richard's now going to be uh, assuming the new role of GRN Executive Director, overseeing four of the six markets within the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, so please, uh, if you could, keep us both in your prayers as we continue to serve uh, you through the wonderful work of this Catholic Radio Apostolate. Amen. And today, you know, it's my last show, well, as the main host, I should say, because uh, I may join Sean as a co-host from time to time, you know, kind of hold his hand uh, as he starts <laughs> on his new show. Uh, we're still working on the details regarding the name of the show and Sean's co-host. So I think uh, you, we're going to share that shortly as soon as we, we nail that stuff down. But uh, were you asking for uh, potential names of people that, uh, for your show that you know people could submit? Yeah, actually, um, for anybody listening, anybody of the creative mind, uh, you as well as I know, Richard, I'm not very creative <laughs> with these things. Uh, but if you've got a, a great idea for a, a show title uh, and, and such, you know, uh, email them to me. You know, that's uh, you can email those uh, ideas to me at Sean at grnonline.com, and that's uh, S-H-A-U-N. Yes, my parents decided to spell it incorrectly, but uh, that's S-H-A-U-N at grnonline.com. All right, I want to say hi to Ubi and to Lori tuning in via Facebook Live. Folks, if you're listening to us right now and you're about to transition back into the office, jump on Facebook and and, and like the Guadalupe Radio Network uh, Facebook page and, and share the, our interview, share our show with 
with your friends today because it, it'll, it'll help us get the word out a little bit more. Your friends will tune in. They'll learn more about Catholic Radio, and we'll all, we, all, we all win when that happens. So um, one quick thing, you know, uh, Sean, uh, last night uh, the debate team for our, one of our local homeschooling groups, Torch, they organized and put on a Civil War Ball. Wow, really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It t- took place at St. Anthony Catholic Church. I'm sorry, St. Anthony Hall at Our Lady of the Atonement Catholic Church. And I got to say, it was a blast. I, I didn't quite grasp what it was going to entail. Okay. Um, but it, it, there was coordinated waltzes. Uh, the caller, who's, who's a person that guides everybody. Sure. And I guess kind of think of a, of a square dance, but it wasn't a square dance. It was a Civil War style. And I've never seen the entire Pride of Prejudice uh, movie, right. but it was that kind of theme. In fact, the the, the first uh, uh, I'm going to say dance ensemble, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. um, was a long uh, a train okay. uh, type thing, uh, which I didn't grasp. That, that's the part of the of the event where all the the women's uh, dresses are, yeah. are they they show them off. Really? It was awesome because I'm going to brag a little bit of my daughter. Uh, my sister, who was a bridesmaid at Julie's and my wedding 25 years ago. Okay. Her bride's dress, my daughter, Ava, took it and made some modifications to it um, and wore it. And uh, she had lace on the, on the neckline and on the sleeves, and, and they wore the gloves and, and did all and it, really? it was so awesome. I, I loved it, and I attended with Ava. And it was great to see all these homeschooling families out there uh, at a civil War yeah. Ball. So were you and Julia dressed up also? No, Julia didn't go. It was just okay. I, yeah. So I, I, I dressed up in a suit because okay. I didn't have all that stuff. But then there was other people dressed up in their Civil War. The guys. Uh, and it was it was just neat. I took some photos. I'm gonna put them on Facebook. Okay. But uh, I encourage you. And I'm always doing this. It wasn't so much a father daughter dance as yeah. it was a family uh, affair. So there's a lot of families out there. But it was so very well done. I think they're probably gonna do another one in September. Awesome. So. Now uh, I, I'm sure the listeners want to know. Were you waltzing also? I was. I was in there, dude. It was cool. It's funny because I got this shoulder thing going, and you know, you're supposed to have your hand that you're not holding her hand with okay. on the back. Well, I can't do that with my right hand. I mean, it doesn't go that far. Yeah. So I was looking kind of goofy whenever they were there. I was holding their, their left hand. But yeah. yeah, it all worked out, and I'm looking forward awesome. to it. I'm glad nobody took video of me, though. Dancing, so. <laughs> oh, well. But uh, tell you what, uh, I, we, we're taking a quick break and coming back with Father Ed Hoff. Folks, you're going to love it. I'm telling you, today's topic... It's going to rock. God bless you. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more Rise and Walk here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello? 1-800-476-3311. What are you doing? I'm practicing giving out the phone number for the upcoming summer Sherathon. Oh, I guess it's not a bad idea. It's right around the corner, June 8th through the 11th, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. The theme is Holy Catholic, so make sure you call 800-476-3311 with your donation. You're definitely getting some good practice in, Cecil. Yeah, I'll put you down for a $5,000 donation, Dave. Dave? I was just practicing. The first ever National Men's March to End Abortion is taking place on Saturday, June 12th in Washington, D.C. There is a man connected to every abortion, and men are a big part of the problem. It's time for all men to take greater responsibility in becoming a big part of the solution, beginning with those who claim to be men of faith. Men, we need you in D.C. on June 12th. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and sign up for updates year-round. It's time. 
Fullness of Truth invites you to their 14th Annual Summer Catholic Family Conference, August 20th through the 22nd, at the beautiful Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort and Spa in San Antonio. Come see some amazing speakers, such as Steve Ray, Chris Stefanik, Father Donald Calloway, and Mary Bielski. Also, be sure to purchase your tickets for the Friday evening kickoff concert featuring Matt Marr. Purchase your tickets now. Visit fullnessoftruth.org or call 877-218-7884. This is Sean Rice, your assistant general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network for South and Central Texas. And it's that time of year again. Time for our summer share Beginning Tuesday, June 8th, this share has the theme of Holy Catholic, Living Holy Catholic with Radio for Your Soul. We would ask that you please prayerfully consider calling in your pledge of support for the Guadalupe Radio Network and help us keep our airwaves Catholic across South and Central Texas. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Now, back to Rise and Walk. All right, folks, and we are back. Tuning in right now to Rise and Walk. All of you all, please, again, take our Facebook uh, 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 stream of this, our Facebook live stream, and share that with all your friends. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have Father Ed Hoff joining us uh, today, being the first Monday of the month. Father, you're back. I'm glad you're here. Me too. It's been a while. <laughs> it sure has been. Um, you know, so the the month of June is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, our station in Houston actually has the call letters K-S-H-J, which stands for Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yeah. And so I love to learn more about uh, uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and with the, sole- am I correct, the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus? That's this coming Friday? It is. Could you yeah. tell us whatever it is you know about, you know, its origins and, and why we should develop more fully our devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Sure. Actually, it preceded yesterday's feast, which was the Feast ah. of Corpus Christi or the Body and Blood of Christ. Because that's what we're celebrating, of course, every time we deal with the heart of Jesus, because that's what happens when the priest says, this is my body. Mm. It becomes, literally, the beating, living heart of Jesus. You know, they've, they've tested all that in the past. Uh, let me go back just for a minute and talk about yesterday's season, because it'll tie right yes. in if that's okay. Um, it's interesting how this whole thing began. Uh, we know, of course, what Jesus did at the Last Supper and what he told the apostles to do, do this in memory of me. But around the year 1240, 1243, somewhere in that area, there was a religious by the name of Juliana, and she was the abbess of a um, monastery in Mont Cornelion, which is in Belgium. It's Uh in the Diocese of Liège. And she had this dream. She had it since she was a kid, and she never could figure it out. She had this dream of a full moon, bright, beautiful moon, but there's a big dark spot in the middle of the moon. And she couldn't figure out what that was, and so she had asked around, and nobody could give her answers. And finally, the Lord himself gave her the answer. And he said that the moon represents the church, and particularly the liturgical year of the church, or how the family lives out its loving relationship with the Lord, which we do through the liturgy. And there was a feast missing. Uh, that was the dark spot. Oh, he said, and what he wanted was a feast for his body and blood, which is the greatest gift he's ever given to us. Mm. You know, and I often think about that. And I, um, you know, what a gift that is that I can actually touch his body and blood every day. You know, and when I say those words of consecration, the awe of just oh my God, what am I holding in my hand? I know. Yeah. 
And um, I'll come back to uh, explaining that in, in a couple of minutes when we do a little bit more on the, the Eucharist. But she went and saw the Archdeacon of Liège, whose name was... Um, uh, Try to remember. There's two that I, I, I don't mess mix them up. Uh, uh, but his name was Robert de Thorite. No, he was the bishop of the okay. diocese. Robert okay. de Thorite. And then there was Jacques Bantelion. He was the archdeacon. And so she went and told both of them, and they discussed it. And the bishop listened to what she had to say. So he called a synod in 1246, and said. Should we make a feast day for this based on this revelation? Because I think the revelation is correct. So in doing that, he began a local feast just in the Diocese of Liège. In the meanwhile, Jacques Pantelion, who was the archdeacon, was elected pope. <laughs> so he did the name of Urban IV, and he remembered, by this time, um, St. Juliana, she's canonized, St. Juliana of Mont Cornelion, had passed away. <clears throat> but in memory of all of that, and what she had told him, he then made the feast for the whole church. So he wow. put this in, in the whole church. And to write the office for the feast and the mass prayers for the feast, he invited a rather well-known man by the name of Thomas Aquinas. Oh, heard to of that write one. <laughs> all the prayers. And so he wrote the hymns for the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, all the rest that goes with this. And you, we know those, of course, we still sing them, yes. you know? Down and Down and Adoration, Falling, yes. Don Amerigo, and all of those. Those are the ones that written, Don Amerigo is part of Don Adoration's last two verses. But it was written by Thomas Aquinas. And so the, the, it's a beautiful, beautiful, even the sequence which we had yesterday at the Mass was written by Thomas Aquinas, who had a tremendous devotion to the body and blood of the Lord. So then it began to spread and so again to go throughout the world. And um, so even when I was growing up as a child, we always had a big celebration on that day with the big canopy and the yes. walking with the Blessed Sacrament and the altar boys, and we were incensing the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> so I remember all of that, but it was a fantastic thing. Now, at, almost at the same time that Julia, Juliana rather, told him about this, there was an incident that happened in Bolsena in Italy. There was a young priest uh, in what's by the name of Pietro de Praga, and he was having some doubts about Oof. whether this was truly the Eucharist or whatever <laughs> it was, you know. So, uh, he, but he wanted to believe, but he just was having a hard time. So, when he said Mass this particular day, and he broke the host, it bled all over the corporal, all over the altar cloth, and all over the floor. Wow. So, he went to get the Pope who was living in the next town over, which is Urban the Fourth, <laughs> who came in, saw that. So that added to, and he had that all taken, taken to Orvieto, which is the next town over from Bolsena. Uh -huh. And he had that in Sconce here. It's still there to this day, and you can see the, the blood-soaked cloth and everything from that time. Which is almost, you know, uh, reminiscent of the great miracle that happened at... Lanciano. Uh, pardon me? At Lanciano or... or yeah, no, yeah. at Lanciano. But that was in 700. Yes. And if you remember when they finally did the studies, when the, the host turned into flesh and the wine turned into blood, and later had it studied by atheistic uh, pathologists because they didn't want anybody to add anything to it that they didn't, <laughs> you know. So, <clears throat> and he came up, decided that it was, the flesh was living myocardial tissue. It is literally the heart of Jesus. That's amazing. 
And the, the blood is type AB, which is the same blood that's on the shot of Turin, and the universal blood type. <clears throat> then on top of that, whenever they weighed any of the coagulated blood, they were in five different clots, different sizes. Any one clot, all of them together, or any combination of them had the same weight. Wow. Which is scientifically impossible. Yes. You know, <laughs> mass equals weight. You know? So that doesn't work. So he was aware of all of that. Now, by the way, that same miracle that happened at Lanciano happened in Buenos Aires mm. while our present Holy Father was Archbishop there. And he had a center for study the same way as the bishop did at Lanciano. And the only thing that they added to it was that two things that they found that the heart had been wounded. It was under we, stress or something like that, right? Totally okay. stressed because it was wounded, which, which happened by the flagellation, you know, because on the end of those leather straps were little things that looked like tiny barbells. Oof. You know, when that would hit, it would bruise. So when that would hit, it could wrap around and hit. It bruised that whole area and bruised his heart. But in addition to that, they found out that it was from the left ventricle of the heart, wow. which is the part that pumps the blood through your body. Uh. <laughs> That's amazing. How clever is Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> so then the feast of, of you know meant more. So Robert, uh, or uh, not Robert, uh, Jacques Pantelion, who was Urban the Fourth, added all of that, and so that all became part of. And um, the uh, he, in 1264, which is some years after the uh, Juliana had told him about this, he uh, issued a, a bull called Transitoris de Hoc. Uh, on the 11th of August, 1264, pushing us to the whole world, and then Thomas uh -huh. Aquinas' things. So that's what we were celebrating yesterday. And interesting that um, as we celebrate this body, the blood of Christ, I think we, sometimes we overlook it. It's just another day on the right. calendar. Right, just know? like ho-hum, ho-hum. Yeah, <laughs> and try to under, help people to understand. Right now, 60% of Catholics in this country do not believe that that is the true body and blood of the Lord. Didn't that blow you away, Father? It does, well, ah. but it's part of the individualism of our culture. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what's happening. You know, I'm God. There is no other God but me. You know, that is truly what's going on. But what happens, and and as long as I've been aware of this, uh, which has been a long time, it, you know, it's saying mass. I mean, there were times when I say mass. It's just you know, it's an ordinary <laughs> thing you do every day. But when I'm really focused on it, I tried more and more and more and more to do that to be focused on what am I holding in my hand here? This is the broken, bleeding, battered heart of Jesus, all of which he did for me and for you. Amazing. And for all of us. It's, it's such a beautiful time of the Mass to watch well, the priest. That's why, if, I don't know if you haven't been to any Masses, I've just said this, but after the consecration, I don't come right up. I stay down there for right. a while. Right. Like Father Martin does. You know, same, same, same. <laughs> but it, it, because this, I just don't have time to say all I want to say. You know, and yeah. I know in the meantime, the sanctuary is filling up with angels and saints and the Blessed Mother. They're all there. You, yeah. know, you, have to, you don't see it, but you're just aware of it up here. And so that's what happens every time we have Mass. And I think we have, people have to come to the realization that we really have the true body and blood of the Lord. The Church has taught that from the very beginning. Paul taught it very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when he gives the words of Jesus, what he said, you know, do this in memory of me. What's the this? <laughs> Not just to consecrate the Eucharist, but to live the Eucharist. That's the important part that he wants us to get across. We live what we imitate, what we celebrate, which is the meaning of sacrament, you know. 
So how do you do that? Well, what, what's happening here? How are we transformed into Jesus in our own life? How do we become more like him? We're never going to be totally like him, but we try to be as much like him as we can. And, you know, that, that saying of, of we are what we eat, um, you know, it's, it's kind of this case when we receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity, we, we, we become what we eat. That's right. Exactly. In fact, uh, I said that in my homily yesterday. The very first <laughs> word you just said is one of the three things. <clears throat> I remember this priest one time asking a bunch of kids if they could explain the feast of the... And of course, the kids, they were called as crazy. They just... No, but they didn't say anything. So we kind of led them on a little bit. He said, well, you know, it's a very joyful experience, very wonderful. And, you know, it's we, when we eat, so it's a meal, it's a joyful meal. And one kid's hand went right up. He said, I got it, I got it. And he said, yes, Johnny, what is it? He said, it's a happy meal. <laughs> Obviously, I just come from McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so later, when uh, he asked the kids, okay, what's what do you need for a happy meal? The kid's hand went up again, hamburger, fries, and a Coke, you know. But what he then began to say, and I said yesterday in the home, there's three other things <laughs> that make a happy meal a happy meal. One is we have to believe this is really Jesus. It is. Um, that to know that this is transubstantiation, the substance of bread changes into the substance of Jesus, the heart, and the wine changes into the, you know, transforms in substance into the blood of Jesus. This is the real thing that happened on Calvary. It's the same thing. How are we living that? <clears throat> and one couple of things I pointed out was, I didn't look at anybody when I came into church because I was in the sacristy. I just came out at the beginning. So I, I'm going to ask you to be honest in yourself. When you came into church today, did you genuflect toward the tabernacle? I'm not going to answer that question. Well, you can answer that. But <laughs> did you do, or did you do one of those little, you know, curtsy things that looks ridiculous? Right. Look at the 80-year-old and the 90-year-olds in our community and watch what happens when they genuflect. Their knee goes all the way to the floor. Oh, I'm, the I'm 83, way. and my knee goes to the floor in front of that tabernacle when I'm getting the host out or putting right. the host in. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, it's like one of those things. Why are we not aware of what it is? Second thing, I think we need to be respectful in the presence of the Eucharist, so with relative silence, you know, it's, just it's, a sense of honor. It's God. It is. <laughs> the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is right here. If you wanted to, you wouldn't get away with that visiting Queen Elizabeth. Right. You know? And we have to dress accordingly. How would you dress if you were coming into the presence of the King, you know? I don't mean you have to wear a tuxedo or anything, but at least be reverently dressed, you know? So we talked about that. Second thing that makes um, a happy meal is the fact that we come to the recognition of exactly what you said a moment ago, that we become what we eat and in this case, you know, uh, when your food becomes part of you, in this case, we become part of the food. Mm -hmm. And so we become part of Jesus, which means we now become part of the body of Christ. And that's just not the host. That's the whole body of Christ, which is all of our brothers and sisters, all of God's children throughout the world. We're the body of Christ. St. Paul tells us that also in 1 Corinthians uh, in chapter 12, right after he announces the gifts of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> we are... So we participate in all the graces that all our brothers and sisters are gaining all over the world, but we have to contribute to that. It's not just contributing your money on Sunday in the collection <laughs> basket. It's contributing your prayer, contributing your love, contributing all the your, holiness within your, your life. Your entire being. So other people become holy as well. <clears throat> and then the last thing is um, to recognize that in the body and blood of Christ, in the Eucharist, we have the absolute 
gift of God the Father to us. And it's exactly what he did for the Israelites on the way from Egypt to the Holy Land. He fed them with bread in the desert. And we're in the desert. This is how we're on our way to the promised bread land. Bread from heaven. Bread from heaven. I love the, the original Hebrew because they didn't know what the heck this was. They're looking at it and say, <laughs> Go eat that. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Mana, which is the Hebrew word for what is it? So we call it manna to this day. <laughs> I didn't know. That's yeah, it, That's a true story. But, 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 uh, but we know what it is. It's the body and the blood of the Lord. You know, we have to understand that. It's get back onto the truth that the church has taught us all of these incredible years. So, you know, I think with that, uh, I know that we are, we should look forward to this feast and celebrate it. In addition to just receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, which gives us new life, I mean, it just, it's, it's like getting a heart transplant, brand new life, you know, because we get the heart of Jesus coming within us. But in addition to that, we have his physical presence in our midst. And so I said, not only can you have receiving communion, but you can go into the church and kneel in front of the tabernacle, or especially if the Blessed Sacrament's exposed, you're sitting in the presence of God. You will never have a happier moment on the face of this earth than when you're doing that. Padre Pio once said, uh, St. Padre Pio, that one hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament is worth more than a thousand years of earthly joys. Wow. It's really... I love that quote. Yeah, I tell you, folks, if you're listening right now and you have yet to to develop uh, your your prayer schedule throughout the week, throughout the month, uh, make it a point to include uh, Eucharistic adoration in there. Again, San Antonio has so many Eucharistic adoration chapels. I think most of them, if not all of them, have opened back up again uh, during this time. Uh, go spend time with Jesus. You'll be glad you did. It's amazing. Uh, I think uh, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, would start off, start off his day in Eucharistic adoration and end his mm -hmm. day with Eucharistic. I mean, all the time. Uh, 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 Venerable uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen would spend an hour in adoration every single day. And I think in some of the cities that he would visit, because he traveled quite a bit, I think one time uh, the church was actually, the doors were locked. So he knelt in front of the doors of the, of the church and, and prayed there, because he knew who was inside. Mm -hmm. And he prayed there. Absolutely. So pray, 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 folks, in front of Jesus. Ah. You can't, first of all, you have his full attention. <laughs> you do that. So you can ask anything you want. <laughs> Or share anything you want, like sorrow for your sins. Right. Lord, I, I've hurt you so many times because of my selfishness. I'm so sorry I did that. He just loves it when you do that, and he just takes all that away. You know, he just says, "Don't worry about that. It's all, it's all gone." And we don't think of that very right. often to do that. You know, and I think it's, I think it's really important that we do understand that. I know uh, you were talking about the Holy Father, but um, I don't take any counseling or anything that I do in my normal day until ten. So after I'm up. The next two hours are in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Amen. And then I put the Blessed Sacrament out just as I go to bed. Oh. So as he's close by. So I, That's right. <laughs> you know, Father, uh, I love hearing uh, what, what you're saying about, of course, the, the real presence and talking about the, the real presence of our Lord in the, uh, in the Eucharist. Um, I think when I spoke with you just briefly, uh, you know, but before the weekend, uh, I was reading uh, quite a bit, uh, of course, on some of the saints and their devotion, of course, to the uh, to the Eucharist. And one one quote that really stood out to me uh, was one from, of course, Saint Ignatius of Antioch. And the reason this one stood out to me so you know so prevalently was because it was basically 
80 years after the ascension of the Lord himself, you know, in the year 110 A.D., mm-hmm. okay? And, of course, I'm going to read this quote because I don't have it memorized. Yeah, he, was that, on his that, way, he was on his way to get eaten by the lions, by the way. <laughs> oh, I didn't Which realize I couldn't that. couldn't wait for it to happen. <laughs> so he could really be with the Lord. <laughs> wow. So he says, Saint, this is St. Ignatius of Antioch uh, in the year 110 uh, A.D. He says, I have no taste for corruptible food nor for the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, who was of the seed of David. And for drink, I desire his blood, which is love incorruptible. And again, Father, this was in the year 110 A.D. And here, 2,000 years later, of course, like you said, it's just so sad that 60% of us uh, who, who, who hold to the name Catholic or, or so, they don't believe in the real presence. How do you feel like we can get back to that, or at least a lot closer to that? One of the things I think that, and it's, it's going on here in San Antonio, thank goodness, the more parishes we have who have regular exposition of the Blessed Sacrament and time, whether it's 24 hours a day or whatever, that does incredible things because it changes, transforms people. Yeah. You know, it's like they a, get a suntan. S O N. S O N. Right. And they become, there's no way you can be in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament even more than a minute without becoming holier. Right. There's no way. So that happens. So the more we can push that, you know, and try to get people to go to the front of the Blessed Sacrament is so important. We need to preach on it more, more than just on the Feast of Corpus Christi, you know, or the body of Christ. Because this is the answer to everything that's going on in our culture. Sure. It's, you know, where we get focused off the self and onto the Lord. And um, unfortunately, you know, the leftists and all the other people who are in our culture who are demonic, basically, they're being pulled away by Satan, away from it, because he knows. He doesn't want anybody going near that Eucharist, because yeah. that's his worst enemy, you know, other than his Jesus' mother. You know, so. yeah. At any rate, um, one of the things that you, we started the program by talking about this coming Friday being the Feast of the oh, Sacred yes. Heart. Solemnity of the Sacred Heart, actually, um, which is to happen eight days after Corpus Christi, which normally would be on a Thursday. Right. But we yes. transferred it to Sunday so that more people could be able to go to Mass and be able to hear the, the message. So we'll be coming up this coming Friday. And the one thing that's really important we have to try to understand about that is the heart of Jesus is the total container of his unconditional, immense, and immense total love. That's all it is. Art always Immense. represents love, you know? Immense. Like Valentine's card. Yeah. You know, it's all have arts <laughs> on them because it Valentine's love because the, the, the Jews believe that all emotion came from the gut. Oh. But the love comes from the heart, okay. you know? Yeah. And uh, all other emotions are what we call gut reactions. Or gut <laughs> oh. That's what they really believe. They did. really believe. At any rate, um, the Lord began to give devotion to the sacred heart as early as the second century. We had St. Justin the Martyr, whose feast we celebrated uh, at the beginning of last week, if you remember. But he, a uh, young military man who you know, and became a, a tremendous uh, martyr for the faith, he already had a devotion in a kind of a primary way, but he had a devotion to the heart of Jesus. By the seventh century, St. Gregory the Great was pushing that devotion you know, to go into the church because he emphasized that the pierced side of Jesus is the inexhaustible source of all the graces that flow upon mankind. 
and the blood and the water as symbols of all the sacraments of the church. That was Gregory the Seventh back wow. in the seventh century. Wow. And then St. Bernard of Clairvaux came oh. along a few years later, uh, a, few, a few centuries later, I should say. <laughs> and along with St. Anselm, they were in the 12th century. And uh, they brought out a tremendous devotion to the heart of Jesus. And so there's a tremendous increase in direct reference to the love of the Sacred Heart for every person redeemed by the passion of Jesus on the cross. So they try to get people to really love that. And of course, the big... Well, the Franciscans and the Dominicans pushed that as they preached around uh, Europe, particularly at that particular time. We're more familiar with two other apparitions of Jesus that are more important, uh, in a sense. One was to St. Gertrude mm, and St. Mechtild. Uh -huh. This would be in the 11th century. They were both very holy women and members of religious communities. But the Lord revealed the Sacred Heart to St. Gertrude Unfortunately, because she was a cloistered nun, and in those days there was very little communication, they couldn't get it out too far, but she did some tremendous writings on it, and those writings are still extant. And they were beautifully, beautiful written stuff on that. The big one that we're all familiar with happened again in the 17th century, which is with St. Margaret Mary Alicorn. She was a member of the uh, Sisters of the Visitation, which had been founded by uh, Francis de Sales and Jane Francis de Chantel. It was a, a cloistered community, and the Lord began to appear to her in about the year 1675. And he had said some incredibly beautiful things to her about his heart. He's exposed his heart. And he said about her in particular, that my heart is so full of love for you. He's talking about to her. Mm. But then he said, and to the world that the fire of my love can no longer be contained. So you can see the interest, the picture that she saw, in which later got painted, is the fire coming out of the heart of Jesus. Mm. It flames up on the outside. Ah. But then he said to her something that always has hit me in the gut. He said, Behold this heart, which has loved man so much and received so little love in return. Mm. Boom. That's a stab right now. It <laughs> is how, you know, we have treated him at times by not recognizing the tremendous love that he shares with us and why we get so focused on other things and forget about the most important thing of all, you know. So then he said he wanted the devotion to his heart, you know, spread throughout the world. Now, again, we have a problem because she's in a cloistered community of nuns, you know. <laughs> it makes it hard. It makes it very hard. How do, you, how do you get the word out when you're in that kind of situation? So the Lord took care of that by sending her a great spiritual director, a Jesuit, by the name of Father Claude de Colombier. Ah, I've heard of him. Yeah. And he immediately understood the truth of what she was telling him that she had seen in the visions. And so he then began to bring it to her superiors who then accepted it because of his tremendous uh, holiness. And he is what, because he's saint now, saint Claude de Colombier. And the main thing with all of that is to be aware of the fact that what he's trying to point out to us is that his heart, which we now know from the, uh, the miracles you know, that happened at Lanciano and Bolsena mm -hmm. and a number of other places, Buenos Aires, um, that that heart is in fact 
the broken, bleeding, wounded heart of Jesus, which is showing to us that I did this for you and only for you. But I love you so much in my heart that I want to give you everything that I have for your eternity, you know? So we need to go to him and receive that rather than ignore it like it doesn't exist. So, you know, again, if you're just tuning in right now, we're speaking with Father Ed Hoff about this uh, devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, talking about the solemnity that's coming Friday, and just giving you a little bit more in-depth uh, information to, to draw you closer. But, you know, as you're speaking, uh, Father, you know, I'm, I'm having all these questions in my mind. I wanted to ask, how can we increase uh, devotion? How can we get people to understand what Jesus did for every single person not just listening right to us right now, but every single person in the world. And what keeps hitting me is, is reminding people that they need to, to, to let the, uh, take the scales, uh, let them fall off their eyes, take them off their eyes, whatever it is. By, am I saying it correctly? By first make, uh, taking part in the sacrament of reconciliation. Amen. All that bleeding heart of Jesus is exactly the cause of everything that happens in that confessional. Mm-hmm. I've told many people over the years, and I keep repeating it, the confessional is in fact the tomb of Jesus. You go in there dead, but you come ah. out risen to new life. Wow. So go get risen. <laughs> go get risen, I like get, that. Get your, get your mortal sins taken care of. <laughs> Venal sins are important to get rid of too, because they will lead eventually to the weakness right. that you'll fall into mortal sin. But get all the sins out. Why would we ought to hurt this God who did so much for us? Um, even lately, I have been, when I do my rosary sometimes, I will turn on the YouTube and there's a lot of images of the rosary and stuff on there. They have one that has the images from the movie, The Passion of the Christ. Oof. I mean, it's almost enough that you want to throw up, you know, watching it. And yet I know in my heart of hearts that what is in that movie is not even close to what he truly suffered. Right. Not even close. But it's still enough to really make us aware of what he went through for us. We have no concept what he did for us. We'll never know that probably until we get to heaven. So I think one of the things you asked me how we could spread this, one of the things is exactly what we're doing right now. You're getting this out over the airwaves. You Talk know, about that's it. important. <laughs> uh, and we get it out through television and, the, and things as well. Uh, but this, that we could do. We need to preach on it more. There's tons of books out there on it. Beautiful stuff that's available, but people are more interested in looking at. Father, have you ever written never. anything? Not, no. No? Not like this. You like, you like the video, you like the radio. Got it, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, who's got time? You know, I'm spending my days getting demons out of people. I don't have time to write anything. <laughs> um, maybe one day when I retire and I don't want to work anymore, I'll sit down and write this stuff. It would take about 16,000 volumes to just, you know, 55 years of priesthood, there's been a lot of experiences. At any rate, Devotion of the Sacred Heart then uh, was been growing all of these different years, but came to fruition finally with St. Margaret Mary. And so all of the images that we see in the pictures are him appearing to Margaret Mary. But he made to her some incredible promises. And I think people, if they understood what these promises are, that would drive people back to that devotion. He made her 12 promises. Mm. And for anyone who has devotion to his heart, so you could have, have an image of the Sacred Heart in your house. I mean, I've got about eight of them in my room, mm. different versions of yes. it. But to focus on what he's done for us. You know, we see all that. And, and even the image of Divine Mercy, which, by the way, that whole devotion to Divine Mercy is an outgrowth of the Sacred Heart. Mm. Yeah, it came out of that 
ultimately out of that devotion by the Lord himself. Look at, you know, it's the heart that is the heart of mercy, and out of his heart is coming the rays yes. that cleanses our sins and fills us with new life, you know. So he, gave, he said to this, to anyone who has devotion to my sacred heart, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state of life. How many? How many? All. <laughs> A-L-L. All the graces necessary for their state in life. So if you're married, and, you know, to, to have a happy and holy marriage uh, in your family, and then also, you know, priesthood, or whatever your vocation happens to be. Secondly, I will give peace in their families. That alone is worth everything, because sure there's is. so much... Satan's main work in our culture today is to destroy families. That's his main work. And he's doing a pretty darn good job of it here in the United States. We have the highest divorce rate of any nation in the world. Wow. 67% of wow. first marriages, 75% of second marriages, and 85% of third marriages are going down the drain. Wow. So this is his work, because once he can steal the whole thing, divide and conquer. You divide the family, pull them apart, now they're in sin, I, you got, got them. Number three, I will console them in all of their troubles. The heart of Jesus will come and console us, mm. himself. Because. Number four, I will be their refuge in life and especially in death. You'll be our refuge. You turn to him and he's, he's going to hold you tight and bring you close. Number five, I will abundantly bless all their undertakings. All their undertakings. I mean, we assume the ones that are holy and good ones. But number six, sinners shall find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. Now you know why the divine mercy comes Boom. out of that sacred heart. Yes. Number seven, tepid souls shall become fervent. That alone is big time worth it, you know. Number eight is fervent souls shall rise speedily to great perfection. So we can make it. Yeah, we can get there if we're, if we're already fervent. Number nine, I will bless those places wherein the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and venerated. Oh, yeah. So your home is blessed. You're wherever. You know, have it on your desk at work. Your office is blessed. You know? Oof. He, he never, That's right there. <laughs> he never doesn't keep his promise. You know? Number ten, I will give to priests the power to touch the most hardened hearts. Mm. Ah. Uh, number 11, persons who propagate this devotion shall have their names eternally written in my heart. That alone sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. ah. So promote it. Sacred Heart <laughs> of Jesus. You have a picture, hand them out, whatever. You, you get these little cards, you hand out pictures. Do this in your house, play with you. And we'll, then you'll be written in the heart of Jesus. Number 11, persons who, oh, excuse me, just that one. Number 12, this is the big one that everyone's familiar with. In the excess of the mercy of my heart, I promise you that all, my all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion on the first Fridays of nine consecutive months the grace of final repentance. They will not die in my displeasure, nor without receiving the sacraments, and my heart will be their secure refuge in their last hour. Mm. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> that alone is worth whatever you can do to the heart of Jesus. That's why I always have special prayer to the heart of Jesus every day in my, in my daily prayers. It's important, I think, you know, that we understand the tremendous love that he has in his heart for us. It just beats with love for us. It does. I mean, it's funny how, how we don't spend enough time contemplating that. Uh, and if, I think if we really did, how many of us would just internally just go, boom. Oh, yeah. Amazing. We'd see tremendous growth in holiness. 
Yeah. If we get it especially into the hearts of young, young people, um, there's so many young people who are so on fire with the Lord. They, when they have fire, they have fire. I'm so grateful I'm um, in my own prayer meeting, um, and we just are finishing up our Life in the Spirit. Oh, that's right, that's right, yes. Introductory program. We'll do it again in the early fall. But I have a whole bunch of young people isn't that awesome? Young, not I mean, I mean teenagers so much, but I have I have one or two, but I have mostly very young married couples. I mean, twenty, early twenties, mid twenties. They're on fire. That is beautiful. And you, I long to see that because then they will spread the word and bring more people. You know, that's I think what we need to do to get Please. the understanding of what all of this is, and to, to celebrate this beautiful feast coming up. To know everything that Jesus ever did hmm. came out of His heart. Amen. You know, Father, a little bit earlier, you mentioned uh, television. Uh, you actually have a show on Catholic Television of San Antonio. I want to make sure and mention how our, our listeners uh, can, get, can watch that. How, how do they go about doing that? Well, um, if they are in San Antonio and have Spectrum Cable, the show is on every Monday evening at 7.30 and every Wednesday morning at 11.30. So Monday at 7.30 p.m., Wednesday 11.30 a.m., and they will see the same show four times. So for two weeks in a row, they'll show the same show <laughs> okay. over and over again so that everybody can see it. But you're only going to get whatever shows on that week. That's all you're going to see. However, if you have Roku or if you have Amazon Fire Stick, you could just go to search, put in Catholic space TV space SA and hit the, the search button. button, you know, and that will come up. On, on uh, Amazon Fire Stick, my program comes almost at the very beginning. There may be one thing before, but just that's, but on Roku, you have to, you know, just go just down the line gotcha. and just keep, you know, looking for it. The name of the program is Journey from Darkness to Light. And mm-hmm. the whole program from the beginning is <clears throat> focused on spiritual warfare. Uh-huh. How demons get into your life, what they do when they're in there, and then eventually we'll come to the point where we'll be, get to the point where now how do we get them out, not that they're in. But there's so many ways they get in. I've done 20 shows so far. We've got about a t- five or ten more to go. Just talking about how they get in, never mind. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, how you begin to get to work to get them out. And so that's, uh, the, we'll be doing that in the next... Uh, and so week. people can catch the older episodes if they go through the, the Roku. If they go to Roku or Amazon, they're all on there. Got not it. Amazon, but Amazon Fire Stick. Got it. Okay. They're all on there. And, uh, well, the last couple are not because they need to be edited. And right now the television is still uh, staffers full as shorthanded because gotcha. of the COVID. They, you know, and tell us again, the name, the name of the show is? Journey from Darkness to Light. When it comes on, you'll give you goosebumps because it, <laughs> the, the picture is St. Michael comes on and he's pushing Satan down with the most dynamic music you've ever heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> and just, you can just see Satan going down and like under Michael's spear. It's really, really powerful. Uh, but the, we're doing the program, you know, taping it, or we don't tape anymore, but we're uh, recording it <laughs> so we here things. in San Antonio. Uh, with uh, Most of the uh, shows are with guests, and my guests are all people of my healing teams or people who are involved with me in this ministry. So. Amen, amen. Sean, did we get to uh, cover everything we needed to cover with, with I think uh, we covered just about everything, Richard. I mean, it's been such a great conversation, of course. 
um, in, in talking to, to Father Ed here. Uh, one thought that comes to mind, though, uh, as we discussed, of course, the um, you know, Feast of Corpus Christi, talked about the real presence, talk about the sacred heart of Jesus. I mean, these are just wonderful gifts, right, that, the, of course, that Jesus gives us, uh, but these devotions, uh, you know, gifts um, that the church gives us, too, to really enhance and increase our overall faith. And, um, you know, in, in hearing you, Father Ed, I hear this call to action, you know, in, in, in dealing with the spiritual battles. And spiritual warfare is real, you know, for, for, sure. for folks that don't, um, you know, get it. Spiritual warfare is real. But, you know, we can arm ourselves and equip ourselves yeah. with God's grace. Well, the know. important thing to remember in the midst of that, Sean, also is the fact that the days are coming fairly close when the chastisement of the Lord is going to fall upon our world. Yeah. It's in all of the prophets. Everybody's saying it, you know. All the apparitions of Mary or St. Michael or God the Father or Jesus himself speaking to the modern prophets. Yeah. You know? And you can get most of that stuff on YouTube, actually. You can just go to Light of Mary mm-hmm. website or uh, Luz de Maria, which is Light of Mary in Spanish, but there's a lady <laughs> by the name that she's one of the... Uh, oh, really? Wow. You'll get that, yeah. And I'll tell you all about what's coming. Um, and it's it's can be scary unless you understand that if your heart is right and you're right. with the Lord and you're living in, in state, state of grace, grace. Right. and you are loving other people and you're keeping all the commandments, you will be protected during right. that time. And what better way than to have this devotion to the heart of Jesus, right. you know? And to you frequent your perception of the Eucharist. Sacred Heart of Jesus, folks. So uh, learn more about it. Tune into today's show. Hear it again over and over and over. It's available to you on Facebook. Uh, of course, we have a podcast of the show that's continuing on. So please, folks, uh, make use of that. I know we've got about four minutes left in, the, in today's show. Uh, but I do want to make sure and remind uh, everyone out there listening to do your part. Please keep us in your prayers for our share that begins tomorrow. It will last four days, 12 hours a day. Uh, hopefully there's an hour there's a time in there that works perfect for you to call in if you are a summer share donor it's time to renew your pledge or if you're one of those people that calls in during every share for a one-time uh, a donation that's great too uh, we want to hear from all of you all out there but please keep us in your prayers if you go to daily mass uh, or if you go to uh, Eucharistic Adoration, uh, please keep us uh, keep keep us all covered in prayer because because we need those prayers, Sean, don't we? We do, we certainly do. And for those of you listening right now, of course, you're not going to listen to Richard and I for 12 hours straight. That's not <laughs> what we're saying Jesus. at all. <laughs> but yes, you're going to get a chance to, of course, um, you know, uh, hear us and. And really, you know, um, you know, help raise the funds to do what we do. Uh, in just my short time here, actually, uh, today being the seventh, tomorrow, in it's fact, will be three months, three months wow. uh, that I've been here with the Guadalupe Radio Network. Um, I'm excited uh, for for the journey. I'm excited about you know what this week uh, has in store for us. And of course, I'm excited to you know to you know to be on this journey that that God's called me to be. I think so. Amen, uh, I'm amen. excited. So, Father, am I correct? You've been a priest for 55 years. 55 years, as of last Monday. As of last wow. Monday. Wow. Happy anniversary. It's always uh, May 31st was our ordination okay. date. So. Wow, that's so beautiful. Um, I know before we get going, we always ask, uh, anytime we have a priest on the air, uh, to, to lead us uh, in a closing prayer and to give us uh, a blessing, a part of blessing upon us and our listeners. Would you please do that I for us? I would be delighted. Most loving heart of Jesus, we just know that unbelievable, unconditional, immense, infinite love that we can't even comprehend and never will, even for eternity, how deeply you love us. And so we thank you for looking on the poorest of us and the most sinful of us with that same amount of love. And we thank you for all that you're sharing with us. And we ask you to pour out those graces on us so that we can become holier and more 
uh, in love with you than ever before. We ask for your blessings upon Guadalupe Radio Network as they continue to get the word of God out to the people. And the truth in a country that's filling us with lies all the time. And the truth comes through Catholic Radio. And so if we thank you for all of that and we ask your special anointing and blessing on us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Well, so thank much. you, Father. Again, uh, Father Ed Hoff, uh, if you need to reach out to him, you can call the parish, uh, St. Mary Catholic Church downtown. He's a parochial vicar. Uh, I'm going to tell you there is a wait, uh, waiting list uh, to get in to see him. But I think if you call the parish at the phone number... It's two uh, one zero, of course, uh, 226-8381. Then you're going to get a menu... And I'm number three on the menu. Number three. Leave your name and phone number slowly <laughs> and twice. Because I think our phones were the ones that Alexander Graham Bell actually used. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you didn't know him, so you weren't right at that. But anyway, uh, God bless you, uh, all of you out there tuning in right now. Uh, again, keep us in your prayers for tomorrow. Sean, any final comments before we get going? No, it's been a pleasure, Richard. I look forward to uh, this week. Thank you, Father Ed, for joining us uh, today. See you next month. Amen. God bless all you listeners out there. Tune in. Amen. And, of course, we're going to mention to you, uh, put it on, on the Facebook page or send an email to Sean at grnonline.com. Do you have a guest? Do you have an idea? Do you have a conference? Do you have a speaker coming to your parish? Do you have a parish mission going on? What's going on out there? Please uh, flood uh, Sean's in, inbox with all things Catholic going on in, in South and Central Texas, whether you're listening to us in Marble Falls or Fredericksburg or Kerrville, Uvalde, anywhere in San Antonio and South Texas, we want to make sure we highlight all the beautiful things that are taking place in our wonderful archdiocese and the western part of the diocese of austin so until next next time is my last show god bless you Sean will take care of you and until then may all this continue rise and walk richard amen thanks for listening to rise and walk to listen or watch again go to itunes or visit the guadalupe radio network facebook page have a question or comment Email us at riseandwalk at grnonline.com. And make sure to join us next week for another episode of Rise and Walk. Registration is now open for the Salesian Sisters Summer Camps. The Sisters are offering in-person camps for kids and teens in San Antonio. There are also virtual camp options as well. From June 28th through July 23rd, St. John Bosco Summer Camp will provide safe, spiritual, and meaningful outdoor activities for your kids within required health protocols. Space is limited, so register your kids now at salesiansisterswest.org slash summer-camps. This is Sean Rice, your new general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas. And we'd like to take this time to thank Chavano Family Practice for their outstanding and most generous support of the 2021 Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner, where we recognized Father Will Combs, pastor at St. Mary Magdalene Catholic Church, as this year's most outstanding Fisher of Men. Your generosity allows us to spread the good news across the airwaves in South and Central Texas. Thank you, Dr. Mitch and Miss Chrissy Finney. Are you experiencing or have you experienced the pain of losing a loved one? 
the Help Yourself by Helping Others Bereavement Support Group at Good Shepherd Catholic Church in Shirts will be meeting each Wednesday for the next five weeks beginning June 2nd at 1 p.m. Please join us. Your experience may help someone else on their road to healing. To learn more, contact Lucia at 210-542-3944. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Serving God's holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. This is KJMA 89.7 FM, Floresville, San Antonio. Also online at grnonline.com. Your destination for Catholic radio.